Hello, everybody. This is Dan Trotter, Pretty Good Bible Studies. In this short podcast, I want to introduce my Pretty Good Bible Studies podcast. First of all, personally, I am not a theologian or a Bible scholar. I have attended seminary. I've got a master's in church history from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerfield, Illinois. But basically, I'm a layman who likes studying and teaching the Bible. In middle school, I developed the desire to understand every verse of the Bible. That was my goal years and years ago. And this podcast is is the result of years of trying to understand every verse of the Bible. Recently, in the last 15 years or so, I I created outlines of every book in the Bible, except for 1 and 2 Chronicles. I used those two books to supplement 1 and 2 Kings. And I took notes in order to try to teach myself and try to, to have notes in case I was called on to teach. But I did not take those notes for the purpose of making a podcast. But then as I realized that, hey, podcast might be good for this, I've spent about a year or so recording audios of the entire New Testament using my notes, and I'm now in the process of uploading those videos on Podbean. And I'm now in the process of recording audios for the Old Testament. I'm in Genesis. I've got a long way to go to finish the Old Testament, maybe take me a couple more years. But the New New Testament is done. Now, why is this podcast unique? Well, it's exhaustive in scope. When finished, the interested listener can find commentary on any scripture he desires, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22, verse 21. The podcasts are taught at a level between adult Sunday school and seminary. That's the level that R.C. Spruill said he aimed at, and I, since he's sort of a mentor, sort of an exemplar, I said, that's not a bad idea. That's where people need to hear Seminary people, I've been there, they tend to get into the Heils Geschicke and the Religion Geschicke and the Bull Geschicke, and they go on and on and on with the highfalutin rhetoric and hair-spinning theological controversies, which can get very tiresome if you really want to know what the Bible means. You don't want to get into all that. On the other hand, you need to get into greater depth than what you find in an adult Sunday school or in a pulpit, for that matter. Most pulpit Sermons are aimed at exhortation and application. Not very much is aimed at interpretation, and I wanted to focus on interpretation with application sprinkled in maybe, but mainly interpretation. So the podcast is exhaustive from Genesis to Revelation, every verse. It's intensive. Every verse that I examined used at least three commentaries and the notes of an NIV study Bible. The three commentaries were John Gill, Adam Clark, and Jameson Fawcett and Brown. If those commentaries didn't address an issue that I was concerned with. I turned to other commentaries, for example, Albert Barnes or Ellicott or the Cambridge Bible for Schools and Colleges, and there's lots of them out there on the Internet. If no commentary answered my questions, I would then turn to to the Internet for articles aimed at a specific theological problem or a specific biblical problem. If I still couldn't find a source to comment on my question, then I'd just take a stab at it myself and say, well, if nobody else has thought about this issue, I'll tell you what I think about it. I could be wrong. Happens every now and then. Sometimes I might disagree with my sources. If the commentaries have a split of opinion, I've got, I had three different options I could take. I could just report the differences and say some people believe this and some people believe that. Sometimes I'll give my opinion on what is most likely correct. I'd say, well, I think this probably has the benefit of, of the equities here and I'll choose option B, but I'm not really sure. Or sometimes I'll just say, of all the five options that my commentaries give me, I'm going to choose option C. I think that's the one that's probably it. I think that's right. And of course, I could be wrong, but that's kind of the way I handle difficulties. Now, here's some of the things I examine about each verse. I examine the context, the verse itself, the preceding verses, the following verses, the entire book that the verse is located in. I look at 
any scripture that's quoted in the verse. I'll look at other scriptures which quote the scripture in which quote the particular verse I'm looking at. I'll look at textual variants, at least the ones that are meaningful. Some of them aren't, but if they impact the interpretation of the verse, I'll look at the variants. I will look at optional opinions on what the verse means. I'll look at motivations of the characters. For example, in Genesis 19.16, Lot hesitates in leaving Sodom, so I give five possible motivations. I call those five different motivations from three different commentaries. The NIV study notes gave me number four, and then I put my own personal speculation in there as number five. I do that a lot to try to really examine in depth why is the character doing what he's doing, why is he saying what he's saying, how is he interacting with other people. This is something you don't see a lot of, in my opinion. And noted, and I noticed a long time ago that of all these hotshot commentators, they don't think of everything because one, they didn't read each other. This was back; they're mostly back in the 19th century, and they don't, they don't, they hadn't read each other. It's very obvious they hadn't read each other. And one of them will think of one thing, and one of them will think of another. That's why it's good to use more than one. And sometimes I'll think of something that none of the commentaries think about. That's happened more often than I really like, but it does happen. And more things that I examine in each verse, the geography involved, the timing involved, what time of day maybe, what time of the week, what time of the month, what time of the year, what year it is. I'll make applications to modern times. I'll look at different translations, either English translations or I might go to the Greek a lot of times. I'll look at how the verse might be used by different theological systems and interpreted by those systems. I'll try to harmonize the Scripture with other Scriptures, and I'll try to re- resolve any so-called, quote-unquote, Bible difficulties. That's kept me busy. So there's each podcast is packed with all kinds of stuff. And let me say right here, I I don't have a podcast voice, and I talk fast, and you're not going to be able to speed it up, I don't think. I, I listen to a lot of history podcast and they speak very slowly and I speed it up to 2.0 or 1.5 speed so I can get through it quicker. I don't think you're going to be able to do that with pretty good Bible studies because I've got so much in there and I'm talking pretty fast, but I figured that I would rather have depth and dense content because I've got, I'm, I'm pulling from so many different sources. I want to keep it within 40 minutes is what I aimed at. Sometimes it go an hour, sometimes shorter. But that's not a lot of time to get all this stuff in. And so I basically talk fairly quickly. Now, this podcast is for theological conservatives. I treat the scriptures as inspired, inerrant, and trustworthy. I'm somewhat hard on theological liberals who denounce the inerrancy of scripture. I, you know, I got a microphone. I control it. And so sometimes I say things about liberals that a liberal will probably not like. So I just give you that warning up front. I am nicely orthodox, as I put it. I can affirm the Nicene Creed without mental reservation, along with all Orthodox Protestants, Roman Catholics, and Eastern Orthodox Christians. Now, this podcast was not designed to be a podcast. As I said earlier, I started taking notes just to teach myself, to organize my thoughts. And then I discovered while I was in China, I lived there for 23 years, I could use those notes to teach. I would print, I'd photocopy the notes and pass them out. And I noticed everybody's looking at the notes as I was teaching and they were thinking and asking questions from the notes. I thought that was, I didn't expect that to happen. I was just doing that so everybody would be reading from the same version. And plus I had Chinese people there whose English was their second language. I was trying to help that out and it turned out that the notes ended up helping my teaching and and helped the students. And the next thing I discovered was history podcast, which are of course chronological in order and they're not based on, you don't have to listen to a history podcast right now because they're not aimed at contemporary, contemporaneous events. They're aimed at the past. And so you can sequence them and you can be eight years behind and catch up. And that's what I've got here. Starting with Matthew 1, 1, 
and going on and going on through Revelation, you don't really need to do it in order, in any chronological order. And so I'm putting them up there all at once. These podcasts are not meant to be consumed chronologically. They're meant to be consumed topically. You can do them that way. You can go, and when I say chronological, that would be also in in verse order, Matthew to Revelation. You can do them that way, or you can just pick out a particular section you, you want to study. These podcasts, I think, would be good for teachers, too, who need to teach something, don't have a lot of time to, to leaf through a bunch of commentaries, at least get a good good background for when they teach. I add to the podcast Chinese war stories. As I said earlier, I spent 23 years as a university professor in China, so the podcast are peppered with Chinese analogies, sayings, Chinese church practices, cultural things, which are very interesting to Westerners, I think. Now, let me give you some caveats. I said I was a Nicene Orthodox. I didn't say I was a Protestant, but I'll say it now. I'm an Orthodox Protestant. And as all Orthodox Protestants do, I have a few doctrinal distinctives which will show up every now and then. This is not... These podcasts do not focus on theology. They focus on trying to understand what the biblical verse says. Now, every now and then you're going to run into theology. That's impossible to get rid of it. But I try to not get into that too much. For example, if I get into a verse that the Armenians like, I'll mention this is an Armenian favorite verse. This is how the Calvinists deal with it. I might do that. But here are some doctrinal distinctions that I have. I'm a complementarian. I do not like feminism in any way, shape, or form. I think feminism is destroying the family. It's destroying the church. It's destroying everything it touches. And so I'm pretty hard on feminists. If you're a feminist, you might not like this podcast. I'm a continuationist. I believe that the proper pneumatology is one of subsequence. I'll just put it in that fancy theological language so I don't offend anybody. I am anti-charismaniac. Now, when I what I mean by charismaniac, I didn't say charismatic. Now, Paul, St. Paul was, Paul the Apostle was a charismatic. I'm talking about crazy people. Copeland Haganism, which is basically warmed over Christian science, name it and claim it, blab it and crab it, mark it and park it, scream it and redeem it, call it and haul it. Stuff is a disgrace to the human race. Bill Johnson's new apostolic revelation nonsense, grave sucking, fire, I can't even, new age stuff. Look at his book, full of new age stuff. No, I don't like that stuff astral projection, anything. I don't like that stuff. Kundalini shaking of the heads like Todd Bentley and his wife up there jerking their heads all over the place. I hate that stuff, and so I'm I'm not going to make any bones about that. If you like that kind of stuff, every now and then, not a lot, but every now and then I might come up with something that denounces that. I'm Augustinian in my soteriology. I believe the five tulip points. I got no problem with all of them, including limited atonement, I believe in pattern theology. In other words, when I read the book of Acts, it's not just the doctrinal prescriptions that I like. I like the narrative prescriptions as well. How church was done, that's led me to a house church ecclesiology, which I think is absolutely the best way to do church. And by the way, I just this morning saw a YouTube video about the booming revival in Iran, and the people are all meeting in their houses People that say that the church can't exist except in some Western building, it's, I, I just don't believe that. It doesn't, it doesn't come up a lot, but to get to the book of Acts, it is going to come up. I'm going to say some things a lot of institutional church people might not like. Now, another doctrinal distinctive I got is Orthodox preterism. Now, that does, does, doesn't just show up every now and then. I use that as a theological framework to explain the whole book of Revelation and all the, the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24 and Luke 17 and Mark. Where is that? Mark 13. I forgot exactly where in Mark it is. but as anybody knows who's ever tried to teach the book of Revelation, you can say, well, there's four views on Revelation, and here we go. Well, you're never going to teach that. Be here till 
till the second coming of Jesus, teaching that, teaching it that way. So I believe that Orthodox Preterism describe, answers the questions of those difficult passages, and that's what I used. One last doctrinal distinctive I need to bring out is that I am a New Covenant theology guy. I don't believe in dispensationalism, and I don't believe in Reformed Covenant theology. I have a lot of YouTube videos on all these subjects, actually, which you can, I might as well put a plug in for that. Pretty Good Bible Studies, Dan Trotter, YouTube, and pick your topic. Charismata, New Covenant Theology, Orthodox Preterism, whatever. But that theology will show up, especially when we're in Romans or Galatians. We're dealing with the law. New Covenant Theology will show up as I use that theological system to explain those verses. I will mention, in passing, of course, the other viewpoints, but I won't spend a lot of time trying to refute them or trying to get into it. I just try to say this is how I look at it from a New Covenant Theology point of view. Now, despite the fact that I have doctrinal distinctives, as everybody does, as every teacher does, I will never treat opposing positions unfairly. I don't believe in straw men. I don't believe in ad hominem arguments. Truth is truth no matter where it's found. If John MacArthur happens to say something I agree with, which is unlikely, I'll affirm it. If he says something, hey, I say, yes, sir, you're right. For example, I just heard the other day some moderate charismatic guy told me that John MacArthur said that he ought not to have to be pointing out the extreme nonsense in the charismaniac movement that charismatics ought to do it. And it turns out I had just said that to my friend, and he said, that's what John MacArthur said. I said, well, I agree with him. See, I don't mind saying I agree with John MacArthur on some things, despite the fact that he's a dispensationalist and a cessationist, which I'm not. So I'm going to try, I'll try to be fair with other people, with other positions. Now, sometimes conservative political marks, remarks every now and then will show up. I feel guilty about it every time I do it, because I, I know this is not politics. You've got to do theology, but sometimes you just can't help it. I control the microphone. I don't have a audience out there telling me to be quiet, keep your mouth shut, or I'm going to get mad. Well, but usually the politics is a reaction to some liberal nostrum, politically liberal nostrum floating around in the church, like social justice warriors and critical racist theory. Oh, excuse me, critical race theory, which is critical racist theory. I'm going to say something about that because I hate it. I don't think, even though I hate liberal politics floating around the church, that does not mean that I think conservative politics equals the kingdom of God. I have a little formula. Liberals and leftists and socialists worship the state. Secular conservatives worship their country and tradition. Libertarians worship themselves. Christians worship God. And I think that covers politics pretty good in a nutshell. Now, I don't feel bad, too bad about talking about politics. I, I mean, liberal evangelicals do it all the time. Look at their websites. They talk about politics and secular movements all the time. When I was in seminary at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, they used to say, oh, such and such a liberal politician is a quote-unquote secular prophet. And they mixed theology with politics unabashedly. And then the next thing they would say is, you conservative Christians are trying to set up the kingdom of God on earth, and you are identifying secular politics with the kingdom of God. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, what's sauce with the goose is sauce with the gander, folks. If you can do it, I can do it too. But if you don't want me to do it, you better not do it. I will say that if a liberal evangelical says something like critical racist theory or something like that, I really, I really don't think they're trying to substitute liberal politics for the kingdom of God. I just think they're stupid, which is not the same thing. So I'll give the liberals a benefit of the doubt and try to oppose liberal politics based, based upon why liberal politics is bad and will not try to accuse liberals of trying to substitute liberal politics for Jesus' kingdom, I would hope my listeners would give me the same benefit of the doubt and not think that I'm trying to substitute conservative politics for the kingdom of God. So let me conclude. Who is this podcast for? 
Well, a Christian teacher who is tasked with delivering a message to somebody but doesn't have time to wade through a bunch of commentaries, this podcast is for you. The Christian who wants to go deeper than verses out of context and simple applications, like you so often hear in sermons or in Sunday school classes, this podcast is for you. The Christian who really wants to understand and be blessed by the Holy Scriptures, this podcast is for you. It's free. It's for you. So please take advantage of it. Enjoy it all you want. If you have any comments to make, you can send your comments to dantrot at gmail.com. That's T-R-O-T with one T at the end, dantrot at gmail.com. And I need to say one more thing, too, since I have made so many podcasts. I mean, I'm covering such a broad amount of material, such a lot of material, that there are going to be mistakes in there, I know. I mean, I try to edit out mistakes. I tried, I've edited my notes at least once. I go th- Every time I teach, I go through and try to look for more mistakes. And, and if I got something that's not clear or needs to go, I need more depth to it, I'll go out and do some more research. But it doesn't matter. There's still going to be mistakes in there. If you see a mistake, send me a line so I can fix it. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoy this. 